What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to NBA Stories. I'm your host, Nick Nasby, here with the Philly Bull himself, Mark D'Aquila. Mark, how are you? I'm managing over here, man. It's been it's been an interesting first week of basketball for, for my team. Not quite the same as your team over there. I know you're probably uh, getting ready to book your tickets to the NBA Finals right now as a Knicks fan, huh? I mean, I, I'm not as high as I was last year because it was, like, the first time they'd ever been good. So, like, ever. Like, in, like, tw- in like what, 10 years? So, now now I'm just excited, you know, genuine excitement because it's, like, this actually could be a good year for us. Uh, you know, Tibbs has the experience. We have the guys. We have the personnel. We have the the, the team plays hard, right? I mean, that that's always been the issue for the Knicks. And up until last year, like, they just didn't have a lot of – fucking workers on the team and so just seeing the way that they performed last night really just did did me in really really well just seeing a bunch of guys who you know last year when we failed against the Hawks I mean what 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 was the detriment to us one Trey Young like can't stop that motherfucker but two there was just nobody to step in when Julius was struggling like just not a single person could step in Julius had to cut had to handle the entire the load right and so now we have pieces that have taken over that threshold. I can't stress enough how important Mitchell Robinson being healthy is because I knew that that was a huge loss to us last year. I mean, a guy with that kind of length who could have helped on that on that pick and roll, and now we have him back. You know, Trey just torched us because we just didn't have anybody to stop him, you know. And so, so those are the kind of things that I'm looking at. I know last night was probably rough for you to watch. I understand. So we'll, we'll limit our conversation regarding that. But I mean, what do you think? Did you did you uh, see anything different from them, or did you see? I mean, what's what's your take on on this Knicks team? Honestly, I think watching last night's game was eye opening for me on the Knicks side of things. I'm going to take the Sixers completely out of the conversation. They were disappointing, obviously, and I'm concerned about many things. But it was more the perspective of seeing a Knicks team that looks ready to not just be a playoff team and be what they were last year, but they look like they could contend um, and really start building something here. I love the additions they made in the offseason, and so far Fournier is somebody that seems like the missing piece, even more so than Kemba Walker. The Knicks have looked this good really without Kemba playing many minutes nor contributing all that much. He had a couple big threes last night and was pretty good. Um, But other than that, he hasn't done all that much. It's been Fournier, uh, Julius Randle doing the usual things. And then, like you said, the most impressive thing I saw last night was Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson, I was texting you about it during the game. It's Joel Embiid, I've noticed, really, really struggles, not against the best centers in the league, but against defensive-minded centers that sole focus in the game is to get under his skin. And I was watching Mitchell Robinson do it to perfection all night long, just constantly, constantly getting in his ear, just playing physical down low. I mean, the the refs were not, were letting them play down there and Mitchell Robinson was having his number possession after possession. That's what the Knicks need. He Like you said, he wasn't healthy last year um, and it hurt them at times. Uh, we saw Nerlens Noel really fill in, fill in nicely, but that's a huge drop off when you have one of the best defensive centers in the league when healthy, right there, ready to guard the likes of Embiid. It's funny, too, because, you know, when Noel came into the league, that was kind of how he was touted, too, right? Yeah. If you remember when he was in Kentucky, he was the number one guy, high top, 
fade, you know. I just, it was so it's so crazy with him because the, he was we were we were like the same age, me and Noel. And so when I was a senior, I remember my English teacher, Dr. O'Brien, had a picture like a cutout of the in the newspaper of Nerlens Noel. And I was like, this guy's even talking about this, you know, that he was the number one prospect in the league, in the, in the world, you know, for, for college goes to Kentucky, has a pretty decent year at Kentucky and goes six, you know, in a pretty weak draft. <laughs> Terrible 2013 draft. was not that good, you know? And I mean, now we see more talent obviously with Giannis and things like that, but that's what we're going to be talking about, right? It's the honest draft. Besides that, there really wasn't all that much coming out of it. Do you know who, it's, do you, do you know who the rookie of the year was from that class? Brogs, Brog City. No, no. I think Brogdon Brogdon. was 2016. Yeah, yeah so Brog- that was so that was was that the Carter Williams year? Yep, yeah. yep. The Sixers' other Yeesh. first round draft pick. <laughs> and, Brutal. And, and y'all, in y'all's defense, though, he was pretty fucking good that year. That season, yeah, we started. I think and, three and zero. And I'm a I'm a Syracuse fan, so like, I saw him when he was in college. And I remember being like, this kid's a fucking stud. This kid's going to be good. 6'6 six, six as a point guard. You know, great, great mobility. Long arms. Played that 2-3 zone so fluidly. Like On a great Syracuse team, he was a standout, right? I mean, th- that Syracuse team that year was a, was a one seed. And he was a standout on it. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it just didn't work out. He, he, didn't, he didn't transfer well to the new NBA. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. He can't shoot for shit. You know, and so like, he's gonna always have a job on a team. He's too good to not be on a roster. But I just I don't really see him ever getting to that level. Obviously yeah. now he's like he's like thirty, so like it's not ever gonna happen. But he's a second unit guy. Like he, it kind of reminds me of like a Alfred Payton, somebody that will just hang around in the league for a while, uh, leading second units. But no, never he was never that guy. Don't say that was don't a, don't. don't don't sit there and say that Alfred Payton leads second unit after the atrociousness that he was on the Knicks roster last year. Fuck that guy. God damn, what a waste of money. That 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 pissed me off. You know, the amount they obviously didn't spend that much on him, but it was just like, dude, you're so trash. You're so trash. Like how he what what did he do? He played two minutes to start and then just D rose for the rest of the game because he just couldn't hang. Dude, Knicks fans were pissed when he would start. Pissed. He was because you know Knicks fans are rabid in the sense that I'm, you know, Philly fans are right now. But when Philly was bad, that's about where Nick, when Philly started to get good, like that's about where the Knicks fans are getting now, where we have some type of expectation. We're starting it. to get a little bit of an expectation. Like there, we went through the Kristaps years, we went through the after KP years, we went through all of that garbage, and now it's just like, all right, maybe this is a team that can assemble. All I know right now, and I'll, you know, I'll, this is just gonna happen until it happens, right? This is a market for a star. They're just waiting for him, you know. It Julius still isn't conducive as a one. That hasn't changed, even though his his two now is better. I know Kemba's not really, you know, the Kemba of old, but it's still Kemba Walker, and still a big a big addition, you know. And I'm I'm happy about it. But I think having the type of talent that is necessary for a long playoff run is still going to be really important with this this team, you know. So uh, this year, no, not a finals team. Maybe a second round team. Maybe they can get out of the fucking first round for once. Um, 
in the Eastern Conference. We got some meteoric risers, though, so I think we should go into a couple of them. Number one, I am okay. This is the craziest shit that I never thought I would say. The 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 Magic are playing tonight, and I'm mad that I can't watch it. Wow. Why? I'm sure you're asking why. I am. Because they're playing the Hornets. Yes. Okay. And 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 even the fact that the Hornets are a team that I'm mad that I can't watch right now is still crazy. If you think about it, it it's really still is an insane notion. And especially going back to the fact that, I mean, last year they didn't really have a true star. The year before that, Gordon Hayward was their big pickup. This team is one of the most exciting teams I've ever seen. And by the way, the the fucking announcers are phenomenal. The, the best. best announcers in the entire league. By it's far. so much fun to watch them play. <laughs> like those guys. I don't know how to appropriately give them kudos because they are the most fun guys I've ever listened to like call an NBA game. Especially with such a such a crazy dunker like Miles Bridges and and the shit that LaMelo was doing. So I was watching the Hornets play the Celtics a few days ago. And the first play I saw was LaMelo in a fast break goes behind. This was on the top 10 the next day. First play I saw behind the head to Miles Bridges who fucking yammed it. First play. Next play, or no, sorry, halftime comes, right? I kind of tune out. I tune back in. Mello, step back, deep three, right in the face of, I want to say, like, Marcus Smart. Crazy. You know, the guy's going nuts. The fucking announcer is going crazy. Next play. The next play. Celtics go down, miss a shot. Mello gets the fucking board. Launches it full court to Gordon Hayward as an outlet pass. And gets the assist. And all I can think is, like, what the f- Like, what is this kid? He is exactly what we thought and so much more, Right? When I watched his tape from Australia, I thought to myself, okay, this kid can probably give you, what, 15 and 6 on a decent team. But what he's showing me right now is that he's a future wave. Yeah. He's a future wave. I mean, he's, he's on the future wave. I'm watching the, the Hornets play right now. I'm sorry, the, I'm watching the Pelicans play the Hawks right now. And they were showing the future guys, the, the, the young stars in the league. He's already on that list. He's already on that, that panel, right? It was like him, Trey, Luca, Zion, Jason Tatum. And you got LaMelo Ball's face right there. It's like who I, – I mean, so many people have turned their perception of this kid. I didn't really like him when he was a kid because I thought, you know, here's the problem when you have a kid like this. He's been so famous for so long, Right. Like, so famous for so long, and, like, does he really care about basketball? How how could he, you know? He doesn't need it. But then the truth is, he just likes the game. Everything with LaMelo Ball that I thought would be a problem I is just, like, slowly dwindling away. And I wouldn't even say slowly. It's, like, game by game. It, it, it's just disappearing because his he's a star. And everything about him screams star. It's very different than like like Anthony Edwards is obviously performing well. He's performing well on a very bad team, which I, I'm not saying that Anthony Edwards isn't a player. He definitely is and could be an all-star down the road. But you're seeing something very different in LaMelo Ball, somebody that makes his teammates better on an elite level. This team is like very ready to win now and will probably be in the playoffs this season they were almost they were in the play-in game last year 
And that's in large part to LaMelo Ball. Let's not forget that besides Gordon Hayward, a lot of these pieces were already in place for a couple of years and were just ready to take off. The number one guy I'm talking about is we've seen Miles Bridges bring his name, bring his game to an entirely new level because of LaMelo. He's averaging 25 a game so far this season, very quietly. He's been the star of this team in his own right. And I, that speaks volumes to what the point guard number two is doing for him. I think he's helped bring up the level of several players on his team. You added Kelly Oubre this offseason, who was a disappointment in Golden State, and he's played it at a very high level so far. I just think a lot of this team is going to excel because of LaMelo and that speaks volumes. It, it really does. It's something I didn't expect. I thought he was going to be the best player putting up great numbers on a bad team for most of his career. And I'm quickly realizing that he he has what it takes to be a winner in this league and build a team around him. He's going to be a star, and I think he already is at that level. He is... I mean, here here's what happens with a lot of these early takes, right? Like, the season just started. It's hard for us to really get a feel on what's going to happen as the season trends. So there's certain takes that are not fair to make yet, which I'll, one of them I'll talk about in, in a little bit. He is putting up sustainable numbers, yeah. right? Like He can sustain what he's doing right now with this with the offensive scheme in which they're playing. And not only can he sustain it, he can improve upon it, and I think the biggest thing about it is the way he plays is with just such a, a level of just fuck you confidence. Haven't seen it. I've, I haven't seen that kind of confidence in a while. I don't. I mean, who's the last guy you, you saw who's just this like cocky in the best way? You know what I mean? Like he he knows how good he is, and he plays with a swagger. It's I, I'm like I'm really racking my brain here to try to think about who's been like this in the past. I mean, he's 20 years old, right? He's a, he's a child basically still. And he's going he's only going to get better from here, but he already thinks he's the best player on on the court. And because of that, he's playing at a high fucking level. Have you I mean, when's the last time you saw somebody who plays this like with this kind of swag? That's what I'm saying. No, it's 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 very rare and honestly the closest example I could give is somebody who's only one draft class before him and actually sorry, two draft classes. And that's Trey Young. I think Trey Young is almost similar in that way and, and in the way that I thought they I was not high on either of them coming out of the draft. I I thought in college they were players that I mean, LaMelo didn't go to college, but the way Trey was in college watching him and Oklahoma was a disappointment and he was this flashy guy shooting from all over the place, it just screamed to me, oh, they're not going to make their teammates better. And I am so wrong in both regards. They're players that are flashy and bring an unseen-before type of flair to the game of basketball. But the thing that goes without without really notice is, and it's taken a while for me to see, is, is how much they make their teammates better. Their best asset is their ball skills and, and getting getting the ball to the teammates and in good positions to succeed. And I think that both teams, the Hawks and the Hornets, were in similar positions when they drafted these two franchise-changing players. They were teams that were ready for that shift. Unlike the likes of like the Magic right now and the Rockets, who just you know they're so far away from contending. The Hornets and Hawks both drafted players that are facilitating an offense 
and making a team so much better that was ready for that missing piece. And that's why I think both of these teams are, are going to be lethal in the Eastern Conference for, for the next decade. And I, I, I don't think you can say that about a lot of the young stars in the league right now. Zion Williamson is a very, very unbelievable player and talent, but that team looks like a disaster and his health looks like a disaster and it's, it's going to be a problem. These two, with LaMelo Ball and with Trey Young, you're talking about guys that are on the rise and only going to get better, being surrounded by the perfect pieces to help make both them and the team that much better. Well, there's another name you got to throw in that mix. And that is? John Morant. Yes. Yes. And I know that's your team. Yeah. That's... I think you know. I mean, John. I know it's three games in, but he's leading the league in scoring. He's averaging thirty-five a game. Oh man, he looks so good. He, he's he's just smooth. I think that's the big thing about someone like Ja, is that he moves so fluidly with the ball in his hands. A lot of people wanted to compare him to Russell Westbrook. He's much more like Derrick Rose and Westbrook ever was and he ever was will be like Westbrook you know I mean he doesn't have the strength of a Russell Westbrook or the tenacity or the anger you know at the at the basket but I you know it's really very very impressive what he's been doing on this Grizzlies team that I knew last year didn't quite have it yet but I think this year very well may Uh, they lost a couple pieces I think Grayson was probably a pretty big loss for them but I the 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 aspect of Jaron Jackson being healthy it's always been contingent on that right I mean what what's the what's the big takeaway from a lot of these young guards like a like a big guy who's been able to yeah to kind of you know to kind of to, to help them and get their and get their points up too at the same time right you have somebody I guess you can make a case for John Collins for the, being that for Trey but he's I mean he's got a few of those types of types of players on his team Obviously, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, yeah. make that case for for both of those guys on the Hornets. He, Gordon's always, you know, he's always going to be a contributor. But then Triple J, you know, Triple J on on the Grizzlies, he he has to perform, and he has to stay consistent. And he's been consistent this year. I, again, you know, these takes we're making right now, it's they're they very well might be bullshit by the time <laughs> December rolls around. Who knows? we might be saying something completely different about all of these teams by then. Cause that's just what the early season shows us, but watching the style of play increase for players, that's really the benefit of, of the, uh, you know, the early part is seeing, okay, this guy is now much more comfortable playing against NBA competition. That's the case right now for Anthony Edwards from what I've seen. Absolutely. Just nothing but comfortable playing against NBA competition knows he's the number one option does not give a shit at 25 and eight uh, on a nightly basis and don't, don't really see that changing too much. He's strong, he's gifted and he knows exactly what he's doing. And I think that this is going to be um, the problem with that is just, there's just not a lot of help there in, in Minnesota. The, which, but by the way, it's funny cause there kind of is right. If you think about it, like he's got D'Lo and cat, yeah, it's but just, that team is just bad. I just, I, I'll never understand why they're always so bad though. It's just, they always have some people that play well. I mean, they had Kevin Love for a while. There was a KG years, like, but they just suck all the time. I, I, it's the worst run organization in professional sports. In my it's opinion, it's re- really, really bad. And honestly, the Pelicans are moving into that territory too. I'm, I'm watching the same game as you right now, and it's like I, I 
if you're a Pelicans fan, you have now watched Chris Paul leave your organization in his prime. You watched uh, Anthony Davis do the same. And I, I honestly, if you're asking me to pick one player at this point who's in serious jeopardy, one star of leaving their team in the next three years, Zion might be might be that pick for me. I don't see him lasting here at all. They are a mess. Um, but I, it's it's just franchises like that, I think – I don't know what they need to overhaul if you're Minnesota or if you're New Orleans, but you just can't have these patterns happen over and over and over again because their drafting isn't the issue. They're drafting great players. They just can't get anything out of them. They can't build the necessary pieces around them to succeed. And it's it's frustrating if you're a star and you you can't get those pieces you need to bring your game to that next level. Zion's making googly eyes in New York. He has been for... I could years. see it, man, but the problem the problem with that too is Julius Randle's still very young, and they just they will not work together, in my opinion. I I just don't. I that's, don't know, man. You think it could work? I, I I don't see how it couldn't. It's just too. I mean, they play off Julius. The 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 good thing about Julius is that he's also a facilitator. He is. So you play you play them as a four or five type in a small ball set, you know, or three four five with Mitch Rob. I don't know. It, it there they would fucking figure it out. <laughs> it's yeah. funny to think about it though, because if it's a trade, they asked for Julius, and Julius literally came from there. So it's like <laughs> I doubt he would go back to that shitty cesspool no. of a fucking city. You know, it's just there's nothing there to market. Mm-mm. I've been saying it since he got drafted. You really try with a city like New Orleans to to build fan favor. And every ounce of it goes to the Saints. There's just nothing left for the Pelicans, you know. And there's no, there's no ad space there. There's no marketing opportunities there. There's just not a lot for you to do if you're if you're a Pels fan. And and uh, very likely, I mean, if you were thinking about any team that's going to shift to Seattle, they've been trying to yank the Kings away for the last what 20 years, but that hasn't happened. So I think if any team's going to go, it's going to be the Pelicans. And go and become the Sonics, you know, and just bounce around that way. But, you know, I'm, I'm. It, it's, it's been a very interesting run since they've changed to the Hornets when they were the New Orleans Hornets. You know, all, all of those kind of things just bounce around in that area. But Zion is too big of a name to be in a market like that. It's why big markets exist. The NBA is too player centric. You can't function like a football team. You can't tuck a great quarterback on a team in a in a town like that. You know, I'm sorry. You can tuck a, a quarterback, a great quarterback, on a on a team in a bad in a bad market, and they'll just chill. You know, that's the only face guy. So he becomes like the fan. He becomes the guy for the city. In the NBA, there's just too there's too much much ad space to compete for. You know, especially if the team's losing. This team should be better than they are. Right, with with Zion in the mix, now you have Devonte Graham, an addition, a great addition in my opinion, eighteen a game so far. You know, Nikhil Alexander Walker, put Zion in there, Bi is in there, Jonas Valanciunas is in there. Why do they lose games? It's a very good starting lineup. You know, in- put depth to the side. That team should win at least forty. Obviously, it's not enough in the West. That that's also a problem, by the way. They're in the Western Conference. For some reason, by the way, pretty far east, but like, but you know, it's it, the the issue becomes 
what do you do if you're Zion Williamson? You have to take the money, first of all. If you're going to get a rookie max, which you are, you have to take that money, especially if, if New Orleans is the only team that's going to give it to you. Right? So that's, that's why I think he's going to stay for a while because you're injury prone. So you have to make sure that you're getting the money when you can on an extension. You don't know what's going to happen to you. And so whatever that looks like could be the situation for him. I don't know how long those extensions can go for, but it's probably going to be a max. And then after that, probably look at other options if you're still available, you know, because it, it, that's the problem you run into with a situation like this. It's like he's just hurt, man. Like he's just hurt. There's just not a lot you can say about a guy who gets hurt that much, you know, so. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that the big, the big issue that we run into with Zion Williamson is that, um, you know, we, we, there's just a lot to, there's a lot to be seen. A lot remains to be seen. Yeah, I saw he was at, uh, he was at some college football game this past weekend too. And uh, uh, there was a lot going on on social media about how damn big he looks. And I, I don't think that's a positive either. I know it's tough when you're injured to stay in that in, in shape, but it's something I've just noticed since the minute he got into the league and it was a concern then it's even more of a concern now. I think he's really, really got to try to put in that work if, for his own health because it, it's, our, it's, it's one thing when you don't have injury concerns. I mean, James Harden di- hadn't really had that many concerns uh, injury-wise when he, when he put on those pounds. <laughs> But with Zion, you're you're young and you're dealing with injuries already, which is your biggest concern as a player. And the more out of shape he gets, the the tougher it is for him to reach his full potential. I think. I I really think that's going to have to become a priority because you don't want that to become a storyline and become something that that everyone in the league around you believes is holding you back. Because we all know he is that generational talent. I just think you have to at some point start to, to realize you're only going to get older. You're only going to get more out of shape and uh, your injuries are only going to become that much more of a risk if you don't put in that work right now. Yeah. I think it's, it's, un, it's unfair sometimes when it comes to the size that kid's obviously like liable to get fat with yes. the way he's built, you know, like he's, he's, it's Shaq adjacent where you look at him and it's like the second this guy kid stops working out <laughs> as like as a as a professional athlete he's gonna blow up immediately like like charles barkley it's you know and that's it, it's an unfair thing f- to take away from someone like that but it, it it but at the same time it's not because we're also expecting him to be a, a freak explosive athlete i've been saying it since he was a rookie and i think i've talked to you about this too he's just he just walks bad yeah. he doesn't move well it's been a knee issue with him clearly since the beginning. And I've talked to Rashad about it. I've talked on the Twitter about it. Ten years down the road, regardless of what we see from Zion, it's still, in my opinion, going to be the John Morant draft. It's, yeah. It might be both of them. It might be the both of them. But that's who we're going to be looking at more, especially because he was the obvious number two. And the obvious number one was Zion Williamson, who's now chronically injured. And, you know, and I hate when people lose value because of injuries, but it, it is the, ma- the name of the game Yeah, is what we're looking at. It, your, your product is yourself in the best, NBA. Best ability is availability. 
I think, uh, you know, the other thing that I wanted to touch on before we dive into these 75 lists uh, is Damien, who is shooting the worst percentage of from threes uh, over a three-game stretch, I, I think in about, like, I don't know how long, but they said it. it anyway, he's not doing well. <laughs> he's not playing that well, and the, and the Blazers aren't doing that well either. And for all of the naysayers to Damian Lillard out there, this is I, I don't even want to make this a huge thing or talk about it that much, but to the naysayers, he will revert to the mean because he's Damian Lillard. Like, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And so for anybody who thinks that he's washed, it's just an absurd notion. Come on. You know what I mean? Like, I think the only concern someone should have would be how he played in the Olympics. But I don't know if you can really take an Olympic performance – uh, as being conducive as to somebody's state and ability, right? Because yeah. it's, like, it's like summer basketball. It doesn't mean the same thing. I also like – there's going to be that storyline coming out now because of the way he's playing that, oh, Dame is unhappy. We all knew this was coming. He's asking for a trade. The, the worse they get, the bigger problem it's going to get. And I think that's going to be very overblown because – it, you know, it is possible that if this team really falls apart, we're going to be talking about this a lot as the deadline approaches. But at the same time, people forget about a key note, which is that a lot of this Damian Lillard story and the speculation of him requesting a trade got it went real hush-hush once they brought in Chauncey Billups as their head coach. And I... I think Dame's come out and said that that was the hire he wanted. Him and Chauncey see eye to eye, and that's his guy. That was sort of Portland's last-ditch effort to to make something out of Lillard and make him want to stay here long-term. I think Lillard is talking a lot about Portland. He loves Portland. He loves the fans. I don't know how true that is. I don't think he's that dedicated to just the city of Portland in general. I don't, I don't know, know how man. anyone could be. I but, think I, 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 I might have to disagree with you on that one. He's, pre- he's pretty stalwart in his love for the city. I mean, the dude's I, fiercely loyal to shitty towns. I mean, no offense to Portland. I know some of my, <laughs> my company's headquartered out of there, so there's going to be some people from there who are listening to this. And it's, it sucks. It, you, you, to you listening, you know it sucks. I'm not even going to hold, hold back punches here. But, uh, he, you know, he's loyal to Oakland. He's loyal yeah. to Oakland from 20 years ago. Oakland's, like, nice now. Oakland's been gentrified as fuck. But he's, lo- he's loyal to, like, Raiders Oakland. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. he, he, is, he is about it. He's about where he goes. And so I think if it's going to require a significant lapse in judgment from the Blazers doing something that he doesn't like or think that somebody something that he thinks is kind of bullshit or whatever is going to happen for him to decide that he doesn't want to be there anymore in my opinion i'd love for him to leave because if he leaves there's a good chance he goes to new york because who the fuck wouldn't want to go to new york right and uh i guarantee he doesn't want to play with lebron so no oh my god oh god no the other thing, though, is, and this just fits the theme of what we've been talking about lately, is go look at that roster and, and show me where where the the winning culture is. I mean, besides McCollum, who let's, let's not leave out, is having a phenomenal year so far. I know we're only a couple games in, but the, the roster is just not, not built for success the way I, – I mean, I think Portland has always kind of struggled with their roster construction in 
Damian Lillard's tenure, they they act like him and McCollum is just enough simply, and it's it's honestly a blessing they've got to where where they have with the two of them to begin with. But there's just not enough talent around them. They're missing a lot of a lot of pieces to to maybe allow Damian Lillard and McCollum to take sort of a step back and have a third option. It's uh, Nurkic has been their third option now for five years, and he shouldn't be asked that much. Um, I just I haven't really liked. They've had some disappointments uh, draft wise. Nasir Little hasn't turned out yet to be. I mean, it's still early, but he hasn't yet been what they expected. Um, Anthony Simons is still young, but they haven't gotten a, a lot out of him. They brought in Norman Powell, and he's Norman Powell. He's only going to uh, move the needle so much. I just that's another team where I look at it, and I'm like, you are wasting two generational players through weak roster construction. And I, I'm, I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do because believe me, it isn't. But when you look at teams like the Hawks and you look at what the Hornets are doing right now, I'm just, I, it, it makes you think what could have been with, with some of these teams. They have all of the makings. If you just go out and you pull the right triggers in free agency and you get maybe one or two uh, surprise draft picks to go your way, it just hasn't worked out for the Trailblazers. Well, I, I think that they they've invested a lot into those two. Yeah. There's nothing nothing's wrong with that, right? You can't you can't take anything away from somebody uh, investing into the two best players on their team. I, I think that what's what's going on here is that it's just a lack of attention on the remainder. I mean, the culture in Portland I think is is has always been important because it really is the only thing there, right? It's the only thing in the city that you can you can rely on. There's like the Timbers, but like who gives a shit, you know? That's the only thing, the only sport that the people there watch. So I think it, it's really it's really coming down to are they doing enough to keep Damian? In my opinion, I don't think they are. I don't think they are, but I think he's going to stay anyway. Now, a team that I wanted to talk about quick too before we get again into these 75 lists, we are seeing a resurgence of the Chicago Bulls. I know you said we're going to go into all three of the, the undefeated teams, but I wanted just to talk about the Bulls before we go into the 75. Yes, sir. Because the Chicago Bulls right now are by a wide margin. Man. The, they're playing the best basketball in the league. Um, I think people are calling them a surprise. I, didn't, I wasn't surprised at all. I, I told everyone that's going to be a four seed at least in this, this season. See if the, let's see if they're conducive and they they can play together, but if they can, then that's a four seed at least. You know, they're playing better than I thought. Billy Donovan has them playing very very well together. You know, and and I mean you got to think about this from from just a standpoint of who they have. Look, let's just look at personnel, right? Lonzo at one, Levine at two, Demar at three. Probably what Patty Williams. Right, yeah, he's, he's playing playing for it, and then Vooch. This is starters. Caruso on the bench. You know, is Kobe White still playing there? He he's yes, but he's injured. He hasn't played yet this year. You know, they lost they lost a good a good name in Wendell Carter, but besides that, I mean, they they pretty much returned most of the team. I mean, Larry's gone too to Cleveland, but I don't think they really had a place for him anymore, which is crazy to think about because I thought he was going to be like a twenty five point per game guy at some point, but I was wrong. The Bulls are the best team in the East four games in. So, obviously, let's uh, you know pump the brakes on that train a little bit, at least on my side. 
how much do you think they revert to the mean here? How how far do they do you think they go on this tear? I, and, and where do you think they end up? Dude, I I'm I'm buying the hype. I really am. And I I don't mean to say obviously they're not going to finish as the number 1 seed, but to say that they're going to finish in the top 4 is very plausible. I don't I don't think that's far-fetched at all and it's because you're not talking about a team of young players that that need to like grow together. They need to grow as a team, but you you're seeing early on that when you add guys like Lonzo Ball, like DeMar DeRozan who who are already veterans in this league and Vooch who was only there for half a season last year. Those are three veterans in the league at this point that have just been ready to be on a winning team and and start to succeed. Um, DeMar DeRozan, I still think, has that vengeance for what happened in Toronto and not being able to be a part of that. And he's going to he's gonna be one of my prove-it guys this year that's going to go out and, and play at an entirely new level. Uh, I'm so excited to see what he does. He's already averaging 23 a game, and that's with Zach Levine <laughs> averaging 26. They have two guys averaging over 22 points a game. And that just allows Lonzo Ball to do something that he hasn't really been able to do throughout his career, which is take that step back into being the facilitator, not feeling that much pressure to score, and it being just simply a bonus if he does. That's what Lonzo Ball is, and he's really good at it. Him being in this role with this team, I think, is is really going to help him, and it's a perfect fit. Uh, people were, were concerned almost uh, when they signed him, I heard a lot of people that didn't like the fit with him and Levine uh, and who was going to handle the ball. I disagree. I think it goes both ways. Levine doesn't need the ball in his hand as often as it was when Chicago was shitty over the years. And and you're seeing right now he's, he's doing it all. He's leading this team. He is the leader of the team, and nobody's going to take that away from him. But everyone else is just going to help him. Vooch is another guy that I'm just – a massive fan of I've loved him since he was a sixer for that one year before we just sent him away uh thank god we did because we do have Embiid but I would have loved to see Vooch's tenure with the team but Vooch is easily a top five maybe 10 at least top seven maybe top five center in the league and he is what maybe the fourth or fifth best player on this team uh, that just be or sorry third or fourth best that just speaks volumes to the moves they've made. And Alex Caruso and Kobe White, when he comes back, leading a bench unit is is strong enough to get the job done. I think this is a team that's not necessarily a finals contender, but they're going to probably go to the second round of the playoffs. I could see them upsetting a team like the Sixers. If, if the Bulls end up getting home court advantage against a team like the Sixers, I, I, I would not bet on my team whatsoever. Whatsoever. I think that's very plausible this year. And I just think that this isn't the mirage that people are going to make it out to be, that they're 4-0. It's not. This is not a young team. This is a team that's ready to win and has guys that are playing with a reason to win. I you know, I think that the revert to the mean in this particular case is going to look more like a third or four seed. Yes, you know, I, th- I agree I think with that. that. That's, I think it's fair. Uh, just like talking about with the Hornets, you know, five or six. That's like mm-hmm. kind of where they're gonna gonna sit, you know. They're just a little bit too young to 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 hang with an eighty-two game season. Nobody on that, nobody's uh, playing significant minutes besides like a Gordon Hayward has has seen a uh, an eighty-two game season really. 
you know, and they, I know Miles, uh, Miles has. So Miles is 2018, right? Yeah, so he has. But besides that, you know, not a lot of those guys have. So you got to think about it. Like 2019 draft class has never seen a full season before. Yeah, sure. You know, so it's like you got to think, okay, so they 82 games is a pretty – pretty stark difference from 67 or 62 or 72 whatever it was last year and plus a playoffs you know how can they hang that long so the the, the tenured guys will and that's why i think you're you're going to see your teams like the the Celtics will get it together eventually they'll probably get to a 5 or a 6 um, the heat are going to be a, a pretty dangerous threat the, the east conference is good i was to say it's as good as it's ever been i think yeah. It's as good as I've ever seen it. In our you also have to think like yeah. like Duarte's got the the fucking Pacers playing well right now. The Bucks are still they're still doing what they do, right? The the Nets are you can't ever count them out, right? The uh the Sixers aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Wizards suck, but you can also go, you know, just I mean there's there's just a lot of it's there's a deep. lot of talent. Yeah. And it could be the first year where you don't you where you're going to need more than 40 wins. To uh, to make the playoffs, it's always Imagine that. yeah. It's always tough too when you have a team that with as much overhaul as the Bulls have had of recent. Don't let's not forget like how far out of the playoff picture they were last year. They weren't even really remotely close, and now they have overhauled so much and look so good as a roster that you can almost staple them into the playoffs. So you're talking about a team that is at the whether they finish a top four seed or not. I would say that pretty much any follower of the NBA would staple them in as a playoff team right now. That's going to kick somebody out from last year. And I, I, it's going to be really competitive at the bottom of that East. It's not a team like the Wizards. They're not going to be getting in like they were last year. Um, the Pacers we're used to seeing in the playoffs at this point. They're really going to have to fight for an eight seed. That's going to be a tough ask. When you We didn't even bring up the Atlanta Hawks. That's a team that... Is, was the four seed last year was your Eastern Conference Finals contender that almost beat the Bucks, and they're only going to get better this year too. I also see the Knicks, like we said, as a team that's only going to get better. There's not many teams in the East besides maybe the Sixers, and I think you could have an argument for the Celtics. Those are the only two teams I could really see taking a step back. There's a lot of improvement in the East. Well, the the – Atlantic division is probably going to be the best in the league this year. Yeah. It's very likely, you know, and besides the Raptors who, who knows, you know, the Raptors when Siakam comes back might be a whatever. <laughs> they, they're so boring, dude. They're such a fucking dude, boring team. I like, always, even, if, even when they're good, like there's just like, go fuck yourself. They're so, you they know, suck, dude. you know, I always convince myself on them for some reason. I took them. We've been, uh, doing the fun back and forth on Twitter with our, our gambling picks uh, each night. And the first week I took the Raptors and I don't, I think they were playing the wizards. And I just, I watched five minutes of the game and just immediately turned it off and was like, why did I believe in this team for even one game? It's just no Siakam was out too. And I took them to cover like a four point spread. It was brutal. It's uh, it's been, yeah, it's been really, it's been really interesting, you know, with them just because it's been such a sharp regress from the championship, right? I mean, they have Kawhi, they lose Kawhi, they think Siakam's going to be at one. We all kind of know probably not, but maybe, who knows, right? And then he's not, obviously. 
puts everybody on a spin cycle until they figure out what he's doing and all of a sudden he can't he can't crack 20 points anymore and he's you know just looking pretty weak and exposable and then all of a sudden Fred Van Vliet's there okay let's see what he does uh, I guess he's not really that good also when it comes down to it he's not a winner you know and he's or he's not a number one on a winner uh, Gary Trent now is there so the, it's the, I don't know man this is it's an interesting dynamic there but yeah, I mean, I think that that well, we should go into the Western Conference next week because I want to see how that pans out a little bit. Because Western Definitely. always takes Western when we talk about teams like going back to the status quo, like the West is like the best example of that, where you see the teams who are like, hey, let's let's look how great this team is this year, right? And then it's just like, oh, hey, never mind, they're seven seed. Yep. <laughs> yep. Never mind, they're seven seed, right? And it happens so, in like the span of a week. Yeah, it's so fast. It's so fast. Or longer. I know the, the Mavs last year, I thought we were going to get their first-round pick. It was going to be good, and then they just, like, did better. <laughs> they, did, they just did way better, and now all of a sudden, you know, we get a 16. So the 75 list, I know that you wanted to talk about a concept with a couple of the active players on it. I also wanted to go into the snubs, but let's start with that because, you know, you said Anthony Davis did make it, right? I, I went through the whole thing. Yes, but I Davis in. He's on it. So Anthony Davis made it with his resume. Dwight Howard did not make it with his resume. If you put those two resumes next to each other, there is a very easy and, in my opinion, straightforward case that besides the championship, Dwight Howard has a significantly better resume. Not significantly, but he has a better resume. Like he's done more, and and when he was in his prime, he had done more. He had his, he was more exciting, by the way, and he was more of a an, an entertainment factor than AD ever was, or probably ever will be. Nothing against it. Anthony Davis. He's he's amazing, and he will be a Hall of Famer, and he belongs on that list, in my opinion. But um, if you were to pick him over Dwight, prime Dwight for that, eh, I don't know. It's closer than I think it was, but. You know, I'll go back to, and we could talk about kind of what happened because of that, but I think the big thing why Dwight didn't make it, um, you know, Bill Simmons, he does the Book of Basketball podcast as well as the Bill Simmons podcast, and on the Book of Basketball podcast, he does an entire episode on Dwight Howard where they talk about just his his impact on the league, you know, in the post-Shaq league where everybody's looking for the next Shaq, and this guy looks like he's the next Shaq, like how wide his shoulders are, like he's just blocking everything, eight blocks in a night, 40 points, 25 boards, eight blocks, some crazy shit like that, drags his team on his back to the fucking finals, him and Hito, and actually they had a pretty good team, but, you know, Hito and 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 uh, Richard and Jameer Nelson and 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 uh, Dwight go past the LeBron, the LeBron um, Cavs make it to the finals get have a decent series against the Lakers but eventually lose uh, to the, that Lakers team with Kobe and Powell and then and then from there just he kind of starts to fall starts to fall starts to fall and then just bounces around the league for the last like five six years you know and and I think. Um, the major thing about that, the point that I wanted to make is he didn't make that list because NBA writers wrote the players who they thought should make the list and nobody fucking likes Dwight Howard. Like he's not like a likable guy, you know? The issue with Dwight Howard, like you said, is those years after he leaves the magic. And it was, I mean, there was, he stayed in Houston for three seasons, but if you take those three seasons out in Houston, he was on 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's been now eight seasons w- with a different team, and and that that I think speaks to the kind of personality he is. He has not been the most well liked player anywhere he's been, and I think people lose sight of the Orlando Prime and how good it was because it's been such a struggle since then. Um, he really just has never turned turned back to that franchise altering player that we expected and and he has put up numbers over those years don't get me wrong even with all of those different teams he's played he still played a a solid amount of games there were only like two seasons in there where he missed significant time um obviously in when he was with washington i think he only played like a couple games that year um but that's it's just we're so far removed from that prime that it's almost like Vince Carter at the end of his career when who's another guy that got snubbed from this list many people believe it's same sort of reason you the back half of his career and honestly you look at Dwight's career more he spent more years as a not top 30 player in the NBA than he did a top 15 player in the NBA or top 20 when he was with the Magic um but I, I still think he, he is getting discredited from what he did in Orlando and taking that team to the NBA Finals. And when you compare it to a guy like Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis is getting a lot of credit for winning that Finals in the bubble with the Lakers. But you could make a serious case that Dwight bringing that Magic team to the NBA Finals against the Celtics, or sorry, not against the Celtics, the Lakers is probably a bigger feat than Anthony Davis going to winning that final against the Heat with the Lakers and LeBron James. I I think you could really make an argument that Dwight Howard was by far the best player on his team. Anthony Davis wasn't even close to the best player on his team, even though he might have been in that series. The the Vince Carter thing, I I, I don't know, it's tricky because he he was – pretty instrumental to the way that they that we see certain aspects of the game obviously like dunking and things of that nature have changed because of Vince and and so like there's that but yeah his 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 statistics dropped off pretty sharply at a specific point in New Jersey not in New Jersey I would say probably more in Orlando kind of started to fall off and then he got to Dallas and they just bounced bounce bounce you know so there is that I think a bigger miss for this instead of uh, Vince was probably T Mac for me. Like Tracy had his apex was over thirty points a game. I'm fairly sure. So, if you look at you know Tracy McGrady compared to his cousin Vince Carter, I, I'm you know I'm taking T Mac and I think T Mac kind of belonged on this list. But he he he. I mean, it, it made sense that he didn't make it. I understand if you look at you know go back to '97. So he went from 15 to 26, 25, 32, 28, you know, 25, 24, 20, 21, 15. So that apex from – or that, that build up from 99 to 08, you know, was really him being a, a, an all-star pretty perennially and then it kind of fell off pretty hard. Uh, I think the biggest names that I think should have made it, I think Dwight's probably number one for me. Uh, Bob Lanier wasn't on this list. Not a lot of people know who Bob Lanier is, but he was a Pistons guy from the 60s and the 70s and, and really a perennial all-star throughout the 70s. I, I was unsure why he didn't make this list over some of the names that I did see on it. I, I know you gotta give you got to give credit to the 50s guys, some of them at least, but there were certain guys who I thought that Bob Lanier could have taken over for, um, but we'll leave that, that one alone. Alex English is 
probably been the biggest name that folks are talking about not making this list, was probably a top three scorer in the 80s. People, people, you know, want to dispute that. When I saw people talking about that on Twitter, they disputed it. But you look at the numbers, he's right there in, De- in Denver the whole time. I mean, he was right there, you know, so – so besides that, I mean, I don't really know if I if I disagree with a lot of people there. I don't think Kyrie should have been there. I think that there's too much talent on that list for Kyrie. I think I'm using my bias there because I don't like <laughs> Kyrie Irving. But you know, it's just it's just what I think about him. It's just is he does he belong? You know, one. It's a whole lot of eh. Realistically. One name that I did want to bring up, um, and I, I will preface it by one: when we have this conversation, the one thing that like I, I don't like necessarily because I see it on Twitter all the time since this list has come out is I hate when people are like throw coming up with all of these snubs, but then they don't want to take anyone off. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's you can't they these are tough decisions that like if one guy's in it's like who do you take off you got to have somebody to replace them with um but there's a it's a, they already have 76 yeah. so you have to no, exactly <laughs> so i the one guy though that i want to at least bring to the conversation because i think when you look at the list every great dynasty for the most part that we've seen in the nba most of them on that list have more than one player um, the Spurs dynasty to me was was missing that, and I, I think Tony Parker was a little bit of a snub. Tony Parker's stats aren't always, especially with the scoring, where where they need to be for point guards nowadays, but he was still a six-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, and let's not forget a finals MVP um, in one of the greatest dynasties of all time. So, Yeah, I thought that should have set him that should have set yeah. him apart. That should have the finals MVP itself should have put him in there. You could have take you could have switched him out for Billy Cunningham. Yeah. You could have switched him out. Let's see. I mean, there's some names here who I who I could tell you probably probably could be replaced by by somebody like Tony Parker. I mean, um, Sam Jones potentially could. I mean, it's it's hard for Sam Jones because he won 11 fucking rings. But I mean, going all the way back to like a Bill Sharman, uh, Lenny Wilkins for Tony Parker, no one would have ever even noticed Lenny Wilkins not being on that list. Not one person. <laughs> You know, Tony Parker being there make would make way more sense than him, in my opinion. So, so I, I understand those those types of things. It's tough, though. It really is difficult. Real real talk, though. Like, there's guys who could have fit who could have gone there over Ray Allen. Yeah, I think Ray Allen. I think Ray Allen made it because he's the three king right now. Yeah, but I don't hate that. I mean his 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 uh his prime. What what was, do we think? I want to hear your opinion on this one because. What do we think – the Dwight Howard conversation, a lot of it was circled around flipping him for AD. The other one that I saw a lot was Bill Walton caused a lot of controversy. Walton, you think, should that's be bullshit. on that? That's, yeah, of course. That's, I got in an argument with my dad yeah, about course. it, and he reminded me that it, he is a finals I, MVP. The greatest, the greatest passing center of all yeah. time. You know, Obviously, it would probably be taken over by Jokic now, but – he was, you know, I, when I did the the updated positions with Rashad's positions on that seventy five list, I put him down as a point center because he's like literally the definition of a point center. I put him, Bill, Bill Russell, and Wilt all down as point centers because that's kind of how they all played. But Wilt or Walton was the best example of that. He had the he had an immaculate season. That's that's why 
he got so much yeah. notoriety. He had an immaculate season in, in, with, the, with the Blazers when they won that championship. You know, and, and then he kind of tucked himself away in Boston, just couldn't stay healthy. But it's just the impact the man had on the game is undeniable. You know, if you want to talk about sustainability, I guess, yes, you have a case for taking Bill Walton off of that list. I, be, I, I agree with that. You know, there's, but I don't think there's anybody substantial enough to take him off that because he's not the first one off that list. And I think if you're comparing him to Dwight Howard too on that list, you could, you're comparing, say, the primes of both of their careers and Dwight Howard taking the magic to the finals and losing to Bill Walton's season in Portland. Then if you look at the back half of their careers and Bill Walton not staying healthy versus Dwight Howard basically going to eight different teams and never being the same player. You have to side with Bill Walton. Yeah, I mean, there's the thing is, after you go, there's some names here that would be a tough out for who for who is on it, right? Uh, you could you could make a case for getting Nate Thurmond off this list if you want Dwight Howard to be on it, but then you have to talk about Nate Thurmond's time with Rick Barry and how and how amazing those two were together. Right when the Warriors won their last championship in the post Wilt years, right when Wilt left and went back and went to L.A. Right, so there's there's that. I mean, there's there's always it's always up for debate. That's why they didn't rank these. Thank God. Oh my they didn't God, rank these. Could've, could've, it would it would have given Twitter Christ. Twitter trolls that much Ugh. more to argue over. It, the, Twitter would still be <laughs> crashed. We we would have it's, not been able to be on Twitter in the past fucking five. Is there any other sport that loves r- arguing over lists more than the NBA? I swear. It's, well, because in, in in football, it's it's so posi- yeah, it's so based on positions. Like baseball, fuck baseball. Like who cares? <laughs> you know, and and basketball is the one where it's the most Absolutely. name brand of any sport. So it's just like everybody wants to know who's the best of the best. Baseball is like turn based. There's pitchers. Yeah. There's just so many other uh, you know things out there. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there because there is there is that that potential in other sports, but but basketball is really where where it is. And I think it's just because right now there's there's a new age versus old school mm-hmm. mindset where the new age is like how could you not say LeBron James, and the old school is how could you not say Michael Jordan. Right, and it's just like they they can't be swayed either way, and so it just creates this huge tectonic plate shift going on on fucking Twitter. We're <laughs> just blowing up, you know. And so so it's just what are you gonna do, right? It's 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 how that it's how the NBA is. Everybody is is uh, marketable, you know. I think in twenty years we're gonna be having it. We're gonna throw a new name on that list, probably two. And fucking Luka Doncic. Yeah, my oh Giannis was on there, I believe. Yeah, he definitely was. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Giannis made it. No, I meant, I meant in the oh, oh, debate yeah. though. I thought Luca should be there. Already. Uh, he... I, I have to say, okay. So hear me out on this one, and I, I'm saying this based on the fifth, the fifty year list, right? Because they put Shaq on the fifty year list, and Shaq was like four years in, and they, it was it, at the time it was a pretty major, major controversy because they're like this guy just started, right? But then they're like, well, he also um, is dominating the league. Lucas dominating the league, right? In the few years that he's been here, he's dominated the league. So I think there's a case for him. Um, Jokic, no. I know Jokic was a name that came up. Not yet. 
You know, I think that he'll probably be on the hundred, but not yet. I was just because I think that you just need more. My next question was going to be if if you're talking about like five five guys that you need to you're locking in right now for the hundred anniversary team, and that's there's only twenty five or so spots. 25 maybe like maybe you could go to 30 if like five guys got replaced between now and in the next 20 next 25 years where you could have players enter that conversation but would you say that you could come up with five guys in the league right now that aren't on the 75th anniversary that you would guarantee for the 100 no because i i think that there's obviously going to be people moving forward uh, to, if you asked me two years ago, I would have said Jason Tatum, no doubt. But yeah. I, 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 I'll walk that one back a little bit just because there's, there's aspects to his game that I think are lacking and it's causing him to not be uh, viewed the same way. Um, Luka is obvious. That one's going to be there. Jokic is definitely going yeah. to be there. Um, I think you, it's going to be hard-pressed to, to find someone who who wouldn't put Trey Young there in the next 10 years should he keep doing what he's doing now. He's, he's only 23, you know, so 10 years down the road of him doing this, yes, Trey Young. Clay, um, if sure. he comes back um, and he's the same. Clay is conti- Clay's contingent on, yeah, this was a bad time yeah. for Clay, for this 75 list for Clay because he's just been out I fe- for so I long, felt bad but, for him. I mean, for- I, like, I mean, it's one thing to go out and, like, and complain about it, uh, like I, I don't know if he should have really said anything on social media about it. is it that big of a deal, um, but at the same time you're looking at him and he's like I, I'm one of the greatest shooters of all time like I know I'm more deserving of Ray Allen at by the end of my career I will be you know what I mean, um, but it, like you said it's just it's hard to argue him over some of these names when you haven't seen him in three years right, you know so that that's that's one I I, I mean I'm not. Sold on Zion. I don't think I will be. You think Embiid will be on that? So that's not. Oh yeah, yeah, I do actually. That's a good call. I think uh, by the end of it, and and that's again contingent health, on yeah. health. So hopefully, John ja Morant, baby. Because, yeah, John ja Morant. Yeah, Ja, Ja, Ja's contingent on health too. I mean, he's only again twenty-two, yeah. so ten years down the road, he keeps doing what he's doing right now. That's a that's a possibility. Um, Booker. Keeps doing That's what he's doing. Twenty-seven a game, you know. Again, not right now, but he's twenty. What six? Twenty-five, twenty-five, right? And twelve years down the road, he'll be a twenty thousand point guy. You know, he'll be a guy who's going to go to multiple finals. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I know Chris Paul's kind of the catalyst on that. I'm not saying that he's a lock, so I, I will say no on lock for him. But he's a possible. You know, so that there's one, but I mean, besides that, outside of those guys, there's not really a lot of. Lot I'll get. I'll give one more too. I think cause I saw his name floating around on the snub, and I don't. I don't think he can go that far. But maybe if if they can make like a, a finals run here in his tenure, Jimmy Butler has has put together a pretty f- phenomenal career to this point. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's just a little bit too under yeah. the radar, just for writers to want to not take flashy him, you know, enough. It's it's also it, yeah it's also just about like who gets remembered, you know. It's an, it's an unfortunate reality, but it is. Oh, fucking Lamelo, by the way. Let's talk about that. Fifteen years, yeah. This shit. Let's see. It's it's so early, but it's, it's just it's too it's too soon. It's way it too looks soon. Looks pretty damn good. But like, f- fuck. 
I mean, and we could have been saying this also about Bradley Beal. Wow. 10 years of Bradley Beal doing this, right? But I think that him staying in Washington oh, has fucked so him. So badly. Regard. He's got to get out. So, yeah. Donovan Mitchell. There's so, one more. Nah. Nah. <laughs> I don't, he bothers yeah. me, man. I don't, I don't know what it is, but something about him, everyone right? says saying. it, dude. There's why. something about him. He's just not the most likable guy. It's probably because he's probably that he just enjoys playing in Utah. <laughs> yeah. He's in, he's in Utah. That, that team Gross, just dude. is – they don't get a lot of uh, fan love. Yeah, fuck Gobert. I don't dude, know. He's like, out of his like, mind Gobert right hasn't, now. Oh, my God. He's out of his mind. He's playing, playing out of his mind. He's he's averaging like 20 boards yeah, a game. Yeah, yeah. He's mad from the, from the Olympics <laughs> for sure. He's fucking pissed. He was pissed after that game, dude. He was fucking livid after that game. I remember watching him just like break down. Just like fuck, that French team was nasty. Bible no man. Joke. Um, I think that there's not going to be a full twenty-five next time, unless there is. I could be wrong, um, but I think you, we should also consider the fact that they might throw a flyer at Tony Parker. Yeah, I mean they threw a flyer at Dennis Rodman this time. The fuck does Dennis Rodman? Was you know what does he have that a lot of these other guys don't have? He's not very well liked in the NBA community, but he's loved by fans, you know, and he's respected by writers. That's why. But anyway, I have to call this fucking pharmacy and get figure out my prescription Oof. before it closes. So I'm going to let this ride for now. Do you have any final takes? No, I'm ready. I, I think I'm ready to die on this uh, 75 list. I'll go with my – those are my final takes on it, and I don't think we're going to be able to discuss it again for the next – 25 years and 25 i think they did a decent yeah it, it really wasn't bad i don't think they did that badly no. i think you know the fact that dwight howard's like the one that we're talking about it's like kind of says a lot about how well they did so kudos to you basketball writers you usually <laughs> suck but this time you actually got it right good 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 job anyway if uh you're not ugly stay beautiful folks and we'll see you next week